Welcome back to the Snowbean Podcast. This is your host, Gorda Van. This is episode two, and we have got a series of race directors talking with us today. We are going to uh, try to get the, as much uh, uh, accurate information uh, what uh, the race series have got planned this year. Uh, it's a, a different year with uh, this pandemic, and uh, these race directors have got a lot of work ahead of them. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. So today we are talking with uh, Bob Richardson of the USSA, that's an oval racing series, and Todd Myers of the Core uh, Motorsports, uh, and that is a uh, cross-country organization. And uh, we also have uh, Ken Van from the CSRA. And um, we tried to, uh, to uh, get in touch with uh, ISOC, but uh, uh, they, they didn't return our calls. Um, we were hoping to uh, get in touch with them because I think they're going to have the biggest challenge this year. Uh, a few of their races uh, are in uh, restricted zones, and um, it, it's going to be a challenge. They, they might have to move a few, I think, uh, just by looking at uh, the restrictions as of uh, now. Uh, that might change, but uh, uh, I'm confident that they, uh, if they do have to move uh, uh, their races, uh, that, they, that they will do so. They've got a lot of good other venues that they might be able to double up on. So let's hope that... Uh, ISOC will be uh, good, and um, and because uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, I missed uh, Duluth this year, as as a lot of people did. That's a, that was a great event, opening uh, opening race, and uh, hopefully uh, that event will be back in the near future. Um, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this uh, this series preview, and uh, we've got a couple more coming up. Um, but uh, this podcast it is uh, sponsored by CKX Gear. And here's a short commercial for the Mission Helmet. Mission Helmet is a very popular helmet. Uh, it comes uh, uh, after the uh, Titan Helmet, which uh, was an excellent helmet. But uh, you got to try this new Mission Helmet. It, uh, it works fantastic. So here's uh, CKX gear, and we will continue with the uh, series preview. The Mission Helmet is equipped with an integrated air management system exclusive to CKX helmets. This unique technology allows you to decrease the risk of condensation by evacuating moist air to the outside of the helmet. Under certain weather conditions, the breath deflector will ensure proper operation. The crucial purpose of this component is to isolate the nose and mouth area so that moist air can be confined. To achieve this, it must be well positioned and rest tightly and comfortably over the entire perfect adjustment you'll be able once on the trail to fully enjoy all the benefits of the mission and the AMS technology. To learn more about the mission helmet, please go to ckxgear.com or visit our YouTube channel. The CKX team wishes you a wonderful season. Continuing on with our series uh, of, uh, of talking to the race promoters uh, for our up, for the upcoming uh, 2021 season. And we have Bob Richardson from the USSA Snowmobile Racing Organization. That's an oval racing series. So, Bob, how you doing? Good. Doing great. And I can call you Bob, right? Is it Bob or Rob? Robert? It's Bob. Bob okay. is fine. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, Bob, so how many, how many years have you been uh, with the USSA? Uh, we've been involved with the USSA since, uh, early to mid nineties. Um, I've been on the board, uh, since 90, 1994 off and on. And, 
four years ago, I assumed the director of competition uh, position. So um, pretty hands-on as of late. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the USSA, it's been around for uh, forever, it seems like. Uh, how many years exactly has uh, been the USSA been uh, around for? USSA is going on its uh, 54th season of uh, the Isola Somaldo racing. Nice. Yeah. So, um, okay. So um, uh, uh, things have uh, obviously changed over, over those uh, 50 some odd years. Uh, uh, the, the heyday of, of oval racing, obviously, and uh, and we're, st- we're still ovals are still doing pretty good. Um, how's the uh, how's the 2021 20, uh, season uh, coming along uh, uh, this year? Well, um, you know, everybody's aware of uh, the pandemic, and everybody's been dealing with it. Um, we uh, are very optimistic. We have lost one of our events that uh, just with uh, in the state of Michigan um, with some of the the laws and mandates that they've put in place and implemented that uh, they probably, it was pretty risky to go ahead and spend all the funds to do something and to have that shut down, you know, the last minute. So completely understand that. So um, the Ironwood event is, is uh, canceled this season, but they've already rescheduled and we've made dates for uh, the upcoming 2022 uh, season. So we're looking forward to that. Um, just recently, the last uh, 24 hours, I spoke to all the other promoters and uh, track owners, and we're very optimistic that we will still get a three to four race uh, season in. Great, yeah. Iron Ironwood's been around for uh, for many years too. It's it's been one of the original uh, oval uh, oval tracks that you've uh, the USSA has had. Uh, have they not? Yes, absolutely. I, I think um, I got to believe that they're in their 50 year range as well. Yeah. Um, I don't have that exact number, but it, it, it's been around a long time and yeah. they're, they're great people up there and they, you know, they put a big effort in and it's kind of the, it's always been the kickoff to the season. And in, you know, in prior years when the, the borders have been open, we get, uh, you know, a fair share of the Canadian racers that come in and, uh, get a weekend in a racing before, uh, you know, the world championship weekend comes about. But, uh, you know, this year, understandably, um, you know, with the borders closed down, that that's not an option this year either. So, yeah, good, good. Okay. So, um, let's, uh, let's, let's run down, uh, your, your circuit this year. Uh, what, uh, what races have you got, uh, uh, going forward, uh, for this coming season? Well, USSA has got the, uh, we've got the Derby, uh, the world championship will be our kickoff this year. It's kind of like the NASCAR with Daytona being their first race, um, if you will. So, uh, that is the third weekend in January um, at the World Championship Derby Track in Eagle River, um, and that'll be a three-day event: uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. With the World Championship being on uh, Sunday afternoon, um, and then we go from there. The following weekend is the uh, Wausau Flip Merwin Five Two Five, and that's in Wausau, Wisconsin, just uh, about a hundred or about ninety miles uh, southwest of us. Um, and, uh, that's been, a, on our venue now for going on, uh, 15 years plus. So, um, Ralph Merwin and, uh, his crew do a great job down there in Wausau, Wisconsin. Um, and the following weekend is the, uh, fourth weekend in, uh, January this season, uh, we'll be in Wyoiga, Wisconsin. Um, and that is actually a little bit further South, uh, yet. Um, and, uh, that's a, a fairgrounds operation, beautiful three eighths mile track. Uh, that, that event is a Friday afternoon, Friday night and a Saturday show for us. Yeah. So is that a new um, one? Is that a new yeah. venue? 
No, okay. uh, we've had the Wyweigas been on um, for for the last uh, few years. Um, they were we did have them years ago. Uh, and then they did take a, a break and they came back uh, about three four years ago. And uh, ever since then, we've had a great venue with them. And uh, the snowmobiles race, like I said, on Friday afternoon, Friday night, and Saturday. And then they have a UTV motorcycle show on Sunday there. So it works out good. It's a big uh, fire and ice is what the name of it is. Um, they do a great thing for the city and kind of community comes together. And in normal circumstances, they have pool tournaments and bands and everything. So it's a it's a great venue. They do a super job down there. Nice, nice. Um, and then uh, from there, well, then we usually um, leave space because our, our fellow our racers in, in Canada with the Belcourt event, um, that's always the second weekend in February. So we don't, uh, we leave that date open so our racers can travel up there. But I believe that that's canceled as well this year. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just running, we, the, running the snow cross and the snow bikes uh, this year, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, the, there's going to be no oval, no, no oval races this year, apparently. Right. Yep. So that uh, that weekend will sit open as well, and then we go back to Eagle River for the World Series, uh, the USSA World Series, um, the third weekend in February. And um, we are right now we have Saturday and Sunday locked in, but uh, Craig Marchbank and Russ Davis, the owners of the Eagle River Derby Track, have offered to give us a Friday show as well, so we could actually add one more day to our points season uh, we would have a full event on friday as well as a full event on saturday and a full event on sunday just trying to get our competitors a little bit more ice time with everything going on this season and and helping out our our points points race a little bit so sure sure perfect um and then and then at uh i we usually the ussa with the, the pro star cup tour race series usually has uh, Beaujolais involved in that um, for their last race of the season. But I don't believe uh, this year with the borders all closed down and stuff like that, we're kind of just, uh, we're going to take a year off and, you know, hopefully next year we can all come back strong. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, you see, do, you, do, you, do you foresee any, any problems with, uh, with the entries this year? Uh, I mean, you, usually you get a lot of Canadian racers. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's one of the, uh, of, of the disciplines, uh, oval racing has a good mixture of Canadians and Americans uh, racing uh, on the oval circuit. Uh, do you foresee a, a problem with the smaller classes this year with uh, Canadians not uh, being allowed to to come down? Well, there's no question about it. That's going to be uh, our fellow competitors up in Canada, and you know, and vice versa. Us going up there, I think both sides are going to see a, a, a drop in numbers. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's. Uh, the the sportsmanship and the the quality of racing i mean we'll still have good racing um but uh you know we were on a kind of a with a new rule and stuff last year we've seen bigger numbers going forward for our main our number one class the pro champ class the world championship class and i think this year we'll we won't have the numbers we had but uh you know it and all classes are going to be uh you know down some i'm sure on both sides of the yeah the fence so um Hopefully everybody, you know, stays healthy and we can get through this whole thing. And uh, next year we'll, you know, be back stronger than ever. Yeah, for sure. Um, let, let's uh, let's run down your classes uh, now. Um, what classes have you got? And uh, basically a, d- a detail of uh, what the, those classes involved as far as uh, sleds. Well, we got, I mean, we, we run, uh, we have approximately four different junior programs. 
um, starting in the three, 300 series, 340 series, and then they go up into the junior ones and junior twos. And those are all broke down by age group. Um, some of the, some of the junior one and junior twos actually run a, uh, pro champ style chassis with just a junior motor package in them. So it's kind of a stepping stone. So when they do turn to proper age to move up, they can come up and race in the, uh, what we call the pro light, uh, champ class, which is a stepping stone to our big champ class, which is where the professionals and the, you know, everybody that uh, is running for the WC or the big points go, you know, eventually that's where everybody I think wants to make it. But, um, and we have a lot of, um, middle classes, which are like the F 500, which is a, uh, 500 CC liquid cooled, um, you know, uh, it's a, a older chassis, but, uh, they've really done a lot of work to them and it's more modified, um, with most, with some stock rules in place. Um, and it's a very good high number competitive class. I mean, yeah. I was going to say that it's uh, very popular with, uh, with, uh, with the yeah. racers, uh, that, that class, uh, the, the 340 class, yeah. uh, is, is there a speed limitation on those motors at all? Or is it just, uh, because it's 340, you're going to get, uh, you know, this kind of speed out of it, or is there any kind of, uh, throttle blocks or anything like that, uh, on, on those? No, it's basically, it's basically governed just by the horsepower in this, in, in the chassis. Um, you know, I'm thinking we're probably in that 70 mile an hour range, you know, 70, 75 mile an hour range, um, you know, for, uh, you know, for a 10 to 12 year old or 14 year old juniors, that's pretty good clip. Um, yeah. And then as you get up, into the uh you know like i said the junior one and junior two with the champ chassis and stuff like that you're getting up in the 80s mid 80s so you know it's it's just all relevant and you know it's a stepping stone for everybody going up the the chain yeah yeah um and then okay go ahead oh and then we do have you know we've got the uh the uh factory 600 class which is our 600 stock production machines that uh is also a class um Number's been fluctuating on that a little bit up and down. Uh, you know, it's um, it's one of the classes that the manufacturers have backed us on and, and really like to see it. Uh, you know, USSA does offer. We do have the Super Mod 340 and 440 vintage class, as well as a Super Stock 340 and 440 vintage class that we promote as well, you know, that, uh, to bring some more racers in and, and competitors in. Sure. The vintage classes have kind of been taken off uh, in the past uh, couple of years. Uh, um, how, how many classes do you have, and do you, do you, do you see you adding more uh, vintage classes uh, just to bring the numbers up, uh, get you get it more viable for uh, for the USSA? USS, our schedule right now, we have approximately twenty one classes that USSA offers, and then we right now have four vintage classes that we implement in there as well. So we're running around that 21 to 25 classes a day. Um, and with the racers that we have and the, and the numbers, that's pretty, we try to keep our show to the five to six hour range. And, uh, you know, with certain venues not having lights and what have you, um, it, it's pretty much, you know, that's really what determines and dictates on how many classes or how many racers we can have. You know, we've got, uh, when you come to the Eagle River racetrack, of course, they've got their own lights. Um, time is not an issue, so we can add, you know, we'll add some more classes. Last year at the World Series, we had eight vintage classes, I believe, in our schedule. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we like racing. We love to have them with us when they are around. And uh, we try to always work with the other vintage uh, series or associations that, you know, 
we're not stepping on their toes. If they run on a Saturday, we always run our guys on a Sunday. So our vintage guys. So, you know, just try to work hand in hand with everybody and, uh, you know, make it all work. Yeah. Let's face it. The, the spectators love watching those, uh, those old sleds, sleds too. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, okay. Um, uh, let's see. So, uh, this, the, 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 the series is all, all done kind of thing. Um, what, uh, what are you expecting from, uh, the, uh, pro champ, uh, class this year? Um, you had, uh, a retirement last year, Estrada, he passed, he, uh, he retired. Did he not? Um, who is it? The Van Stronach, he, mm-hmm. did he retire or did I, did I see? Yep. Or? Yeah. So, yep. Nick, Nick Van Stridunk retired. Um, he had a great, great season. Um, you know, we had, uh, one or two other retirements, uh, out of that class last year, but, uh, two years ago, we implemented the new stock motor rule in the mm-hmm. uh, pro champ class. And, um, we seen numbers jump at Eagle river, just alone, uh, from two, three years ago to from 17 entries to 33 entries last year. So mm-hmm. with the stock motor rule, it's made, it's made racing, you know, a little bit more affordable, if you will, if there is such a thing as affordable racing, <laughs> but, um, I think it's, it's also, brought in a lot more competitors that uh, normally wouldn't be willing to make that next jump up. Um, you know, this year I've already had multiple phone calls. We've probably looking at it, eight, adding eight to, to 10 new racers that are coming up by the juniors that are going to the pro light ranks, which bring you into the pro champ ranks. And we've got a lot of pro light guys jumping up into pro champ as well. So um, I, I guess the feeder program, is really working. It's, it's doing what we've, you know, we've always wanted it to do. And, uh, the, the pro champ classes, you know, that's the ultimate. And I think everybody, whether you're from Canada, Sweden, United States or anywhere, that's where, you know, everybody wants to win that, win that one. If you, you know, yeah. and, um, as history has shown it, we've had some great, you know, we've had some great competitors come through the different forms of, uh, the champ racing, you know, whether it was the twin track stuff and, moving on you know it's just uh and it's nice to see we've got a lot of involvement um from past racers starting new race teams up that uh you know that have uh kept their interest in the sport and wanted to see new blood come up and uh you know that like i guess that's the the part of it that i really enjoy seeing yeah you see the walls and the and the hools uh bringing bringing that new new people up uh that's uh that's good to see and now we're even uh, starting to see some crossover from some of the uh, vintage racers, you know, the, the Gaties and, and such coming over to race with the, uh, you know, the late model sprinter, you know, sprint sleds. So mm-hmm. um, that's also a positive note. You know, we're starting to see, you know, getting a combination, a little mixture. So, um you know, anything yeah. we can do to, to to better our sport, we're all behind. Yeah, I, I guess we could say the uh, the Eagle River is kind of the uh, the the prime race uh, this year. Uh, uh, is there any other races that have uh, like extra prize money this year? Uh, um, um, more incentives, uh, you know, uh, or is Eagle River still the the big one? Um, yeah, we do, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody's at that level, um, you know, the, the Wausau five, two, five, that, uh, that race has paid the, you know, that's been one of the bigger ones, uh, last year, they took the season off, uh, trying to better the condition, the racetrack and everything. So, um, 
but uh, Ralph over there, the owner and, uh, you know, his crew, they do a great job and they always have a great added purse. Um, yeah. In the past, the, the, the USSA, we've put together the Pro Star Cup Tour and uh, there's always been added funds every weekend to each event. So um, this year with the pandemic, we're, you know, the sponsorship is a little bit tougher um, and rightfully so. So I, you know, we're very optimistic that we'll have added purses through through the whole season. It's just where we're going to be at exactly. That's still kind of an undetermined. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yet, it's, a, but, uh, it's a moving line right now with uh, with all the all the circuits. So uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, promoters used to just have to uh, look and see what the weather conditions are in the, on the weekends now, and they and now they have to uh, to. Uh, Keep in mind the the restrictions for you know for the ever changing ever changing uh, you know season. So um, let's uh, let's go through your sponsors this year. Uh, who, who have you got uh, sponsoring uh, your events and um, and uh, and give give them uh, some love? Well, we um, we've got uh, Fly Fly Racing is back with us again this year. Um, a great company. We've had uh, several years of uh, working with them now, and uh, they do a super job. Uh, we promote their, um, they supply our crew with, uh, jackets and everything as far as our winter apparel goes and, uh, different prize money and different things like that. They're great. Uh, you know, they've been a great, uh, companion with us. Um, we've got Woody's traction products, which has been uh, phenomenal. I think everybody knows, knows of Woody's. They've been around the great family and they've been around racing and supported it for years and years. So, um, Woody's has done a wonderful job. Um, also, we have uh, Polaris Racing um, has came on. They've been with us now for several years, and uh, Polaris is a tremendous, you know, they've done great things with us and helped us out prize money-wise. And So we're uh, looking forward with, you know, continuing the relationship there. Um, you know, it, like I said, with the past, we've had, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great sponsors and a lot of people that uh, really reached out and helped us. And uh, we're really going to just roll, and we're not uh, – you know, if this year is this year and we're not going to shun anybody for not being able to step up and we're going to, you know, continue to work with the tool we've got. And, uh, hopefully next year when things loosen up a little bit and we can get everybody back on board, you know, it's kind of, um, I don't know if anybody should be penalized or anything, you know, just with everything going on, it's out of everybody's yeah. control to a certain degree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you, you know, you're not, you, you, you know, you're not the only one in the boat uh, this year. Uh, all, all the race circuits yep. are, uh, are, are doing the same thing they just want to get through this year you know provide the best uh, circuit the safest circuits uh, they, that they can and uh and hopefully give us some good entertainment uh you know you know so um anyway bob uh then, really yeah go ahead and we do have you know we've got already cat uh, uh textron they've they, you know they've do they do their share with us as, as well as uh brp and uh bombardier and skidoo does as well i mean they're all those you know the manufacturers um, even Yamaha to a certain degree, you know, so, I mean, the, the, without the manufacturers, I think everybody knows that, you know, racing is, it, we need their help, you know, whether it be yeah. on the, on the backside of things, helping the racers out directly, or it's, you know, helping us out with sponsorship. It's a very huge part of our, uh, you know, success. So. Yeah. And those manufacturers, they go back a lot, many, many years. They, they love, they love the oval racing too. So, uh, They've they've always supported you know I've uh, just uh, just yeah. just uh, did a last week I did an interview with Mike Trapp and um, you know so it was uh, yeah those manufacturers they go back uh, many years so but uh, absolutely absolutely yeah. so okay and Bob uh, the Stud okay. Boys, 
oops, excuse me, stud boys came on and they've helped us out through the years, you know, and, uh, it's just, there's, there's a number of my, I feel bad. I'm probably missing some, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get them for sure. Yeah, for sure. Great. So, well, really appreciate, uh, you, you, you talking with us, uh, it just, you know, give, give everybody kind of a heads up and, uh, you know, what we're looking forward to this year. And um, let's uh, let's hope for a good uh, a good season, good safe season, and uh, good weather. I mean, the, the the least thing we could probably use is, is, is bad weather. So let's uh, let's hope for some cold weather and some good conditions and uh, some happy racers, and uh, we'll get through get through this year really really well. So that's what we that's what would be great. So. Yeah. Okay, Bob. Really appreciate you talking okay. with us, and um, uh, let's say uh, um, yeah, good luck this year, and uh, and uh, have a good time. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay. We're talking to Ken Evan, uh, the president of the CSRA. Uh, he runs the Snowcross Circuit in, uh, in Canada, and um, we can get some information on what's happening with Snowcross races this year. So how you doing, Ken? Not bad, Gord. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, getting excited for, uh, for the season coming up. Uh, so uh, hopefully you can uh, shed some light on uh, what's happening uh, with uh, snowcross in uh, in Canada, and um, we can uh, get the uh, snowcross perspective. So how long have you, uh, you been operating the CSRA? Uh, this is our twenty seventh uh, season, going in. Yep. And um, so yeah, a long time. We're um, it's uh, it's been a you know we started the we started the snowcross in Canada. Um, you know, it's just basically we got out of the oval racing program and jumped into that. I like doing motocross and, and uh, cross country type racing. So I started racing snowcross stateside. We just come into the U.S. And um, tried convincing the uh, oval circuit to uh, bring snowcross in. They didn't want to do it. They didn't think that it would work. So then we just, um, you know, launched it ourselves. And the very first event we did, uh, we had, uh, I think, twice as many racers as what the oval circuit had. So I knew yeah. it was going to be... Um, you know, we had some good momentum right off the get-go. We had Tony Heikkinen showing up and some of the top riders. So then it just grew from there. It got, you know, it went, went huge. Finally, we got into there around 2000, 1999. We had close to uh, 1,000 racers between the ASRA circuit in Michigan and the, and the uh, CSRA circuit. So, yeah, it grew, and, uh, and we're still coasting along here. So it's yeah. nice. Speaking of the, the ASRA circuit, you also manage the uh, the indoor snowcross uh, series, uh uh, that was kind of in the peak of uh, the snowcross era. Uh, talk about that. Do you ever see snowcross, uh, indoor snowcross, ever coming back? Um, you know, it could come back. It would depend on it would depend on um, a major sponsor stepping up to, to help cover the cost. If it's very expensive to move a sport like that indoors, especially when we have to you know, truck all the snow in, um, and I would then you, you generally have a 24-hour window to um, to create everything. So grab the stadium get the snow, move it in, build the course, do the event, get everything back out. Usually happens in 24 hours. So it's, it's a lot of logistics organizing and it's a very expensive um, program to do. So can it be done? Yeah, it can be done, but you need a major sponsor um, to kick in and make that happen. Um, as the, uh, as the machines are becoming um, more efficient, um, we had, we had a few issues last when we were doing uh, indoor snow cross with uh with the exhaust from the two strokes. Um, now they're much, uh, much cleaner with the EFI. Back then they, they didn't have that. Um, you know, the, the building themselves can, can eliminate all the smoke in the building if, if you can talk them into getting the uh, AeriVac systems up and running prior to the event starting. 
um, all the buildings do, and the majority of them didn't want to do that until you started to see uh, a lot of smoke building up in the building, and then it was too late um, to evac it all out. But the buildings are all designed for pyro and stuff like that. So uh, that that um, would be better now than what it was back then. It just consensus comes down to the cost of whether or not you can um, have a sponsorship to make it happen. It's like it would be like any other major sport, NBA, whatever. Um, it's a lot of money to make the, those events happen. But you know, it was really, it was really cool. It was really intense. We had all the top riders involved: Herbert, Morgan. Basically, we selected 36 of the best racers in the world from Europe and everything else. And then the the race team managers uh, selected the riders for each event. So it was the best of the best, and it was um, it was crazy intense racing. The very first event that happened um, indoors was in the Air Canada Center, and. Um, Glenn Morgan won that event, but that was uh, that was pretty cool. I think we had 13,000 fans in there. Yeah, the place was rocking, and you know they had the lasers going and the music, and it was a really cool show. And then we, you know, from there it opened the doors for us to go into the bigger stadiums. And then we started doing um, stadiums in the states, the Pontiac Silverdome, Metrodome, Fargo Dome, um, all those all those really cool buildings. And it built up to the point. Uh, I think the largest event we did was the Pontiac Silverdome with 36,000 fans. Um, you know, in a five-hour period, and, and um, people jammed in there so tight that the uh, the police actually came in and shut the gates down because we were um, the, the traffic was was so intense outside, with more people trying to jam in there um, that they were getting a little bit uh, you know wound up outside because they couldn't get in to see the event. The event had been running for an hour and they were still lining up outside. So the, the cops shut the gates down to let any more people in. So that was unfortunate because it would have been cool to see how many people we could have actually accommodated in that stadium you know it holds 70,000 but um anyway that was um that was kind of a pinnacle for for uh, indoor stadium racing and then from there it kind of dissipated um and then uh you know we just we did it for two or three years and then we we just checked out yeah it didn't didn't have enough uh manufacturer support they were all manufacturers were all basically supporting the WSA uh, stateside and there wasn't much left over for them to support our indoor program, so um, it just kind of faded away. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a great era for sure for snowcross racing. Yeah, for sure. So, um, okay, let's get into uh, what the CSRA has got uh, in store for this year. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the CSRA and your venues, and um, you have a few multi-day uh, uh, events at some venues. Uh, let's talk about uh, your venues. Well, we have many changes going on this year due to the um, ongoing pandemic. So we've got to work um, around the um, the province um, protocols and also the local health unit protocols for, for our events. Um, so we've selected sites this year that have a lot of space, like uh, each site would have 25 acres or more simply for uh, parking um, and, the, and our racetrack, which will allow us to um, you know, keep our racers distanced apart from each other um, and run the, ev- the events in a safe manner, as far as um, as far as local, you know, as far as distancing the trailers and all the racers, and all the protocols that have to take place. Um, we're not going to have any spectators at our events this year. Um, uh, there's lots of different areas that don't really want um, the huge crowds, obviously, and the protocol right now doesn't allow it. So we're simply going to they allow 100, but we're not going to have any because we can't control um, the gates. If we have any spectators at all, we'll have. Um, you know, if we promote that, we'll have two or three thousand showing up. Uh, then we'd have chaos at the gates, and the, um, the public health unit of the police would just shut the event down. 
So there'll be zero spectators. We're just going to create these events for our athletes. Um, you know, we're going to have uh, all of our classes. We have 22, 22 racing classes of snowmobiles, and we have a couple classes of snow bike, and we have a couple classes of uh, UTV off-road vehicles at select events as well. Um, so we're confident we can control um, control the events in a safe manner. So it's going to be safe to the communities, safe for our racers and staff um, and our sponsors. So uh, we're, we're excited about the, the series. We know it's going to be a huge challenge for us. Obviously, uh, we lose a big chunk of our revenue uh, to make the events happen when we can't have spectators. So that's going to hurt us. But um, I think that we can still make it happen by reducing some other costs um, and being a bit more efficient. Um, but anyhow, we're, we're excited. Uh, I always look forward to a challenge, and this is going to be a, the, uh, the ultimate challenge, I guess, um, to be able to pull our events off this winter. Um, so anyhow, we're, yeah, we're looking at going to a, a few different locations. We're looking at going to um, Timmins and Lindsay, um, Sault Ste. Marie. Um, we're going to be going to Barrie for a couple of events at, um, at the ski resorts. So yeah, we've got a we've got a pretty nice schedule. Bill. We're hoping to uh, we're hoping to go to Belcour as well. It's going to depend on uh, you know in the province of Quebec has a different protocols than the province of Ontario. So as long as they allow us um, uh, our riders to come into uh, Quebec, that we're looking at we're looking forward to that as well. So we'll just have to see where that one rolls up. Right now, right now as as the COVID cases are ramping up in certain areas, um, you know it might be a bit sketchy in some areas. And if uh, the public health suggests that we they don't really feel comfortable with our event coming to town, then we're not going to go. We're not going to we're not going to risk anything. We're not going to push anything. We want you know safety's got to be number one priority here for um, for the communities and and for all our guys. So um, if we're getting professional advice from health experts that say you know it's right now it's just not a good time, we may have to shuffle a, uh, you know cancel that particular event and then maybe reschedule it later in the season. Um, yeah. when hopefully things wind down a touch or if there's a, I know a vaccine starts to come into play or whatever. So we'll just see, we'll just see how that rolls up, but we are going to schedule them. We're going to work at making them all happen. And if uh, they get shut down, if one event gets shut down or two events get shut down, we'll try to reschedule. Um, you know, we'll do our best to make them all happen. But, uh, you know, as you know, if, um, if the government tells us that no, then, then obviously we can't go. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Let's get into your uh, to your classes this year. Um, uh, you know, you've had uh, uh, last year uh, you uh, introduced uh, UTV racing into uh, the CSRA, and by all means, it looks like it was a huge success. Um, no, no surprise because uh, all the other uh, terrain vehicles over the years have uh, have come out come on uh, like ATV racing, then quad racing, and now UTV racing looks like it's uh, going to be uh, the, the next one. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the UTV races. Yeah. So we created the, the UTV off-road program mainly for, um, right now the manufacturers, there's, there's not a lot of places to ride the sport type utility vehicles. Um, and very expensive. Um, you know, it's, it's huge in the U S obviously. Um, but there wasn't much going on up here as far as racing. I don't think there was anything. So we thought we, we would, um, introduce two classes for uh, production, 1000 CC class and also a 1000 turbo class um, for, for racing in the snow. So we actually create a different track. They use, they use parts of the snow cross track, but in general, they ran, they ran around the perimeter of the snow cross track. And we take the snow level down to uh, just a few inches or even down to dirt. They race on a variety of everything, like right down to the grass, a couple inches of snow, they're on ice, 
they go into the whoop section of the snowcross track, which is really spectacular. They're flying and the snow's flying and they're nosing in and it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but really fun to watch. And the guys in the, in the UTVs absolutely loved it, you know. So it was um, it was great. You know, last year we had uh, Polaris and Yamaha stepped up to the plate. This year we have Polaris and Can-Am supporting the, the program again. So we're looking forward to uh, getting going with those races. We just run two at a time head-to-head, um, and then we just keep on doing eliminations until we get down to the top two or three guys. So that way, uh, you're not having the guys jamming, you know, 10, 15 machines into a corner and, and wrecking them. These things are really expensive. Some of the guys have 30, 40, 50, 60 grand invested in these UTVs. Um, so we don't want them wrecked. Uh, you know, so the guys do get aggressive, obviously, and there is a bit of bumping and grinding going on, but nothing, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. And the fact that the uh, racing surface is slippery with the, with the snow and ice conditions, you don't have the, the hard impacts or the high speeds um, or the guys rolling over as easily um, on the slippery surfaces. They're just sliding around. They're trying to find traction. We don't allow them to use uh, traction products. You, you can use your choice of tires, but that's it. So the guys are, it really comes down to rider and racer skill level and, and finding traction and good tires. And other than that, we kept the rules uh, in place as far as the machines themselves go, very simple, so that um, anybody who's got a, a late model 1,000cc uh, sport machine could come racing. Um, and whether or not you've got 110 horsepower or 200 horsepower, the speeds of the machines really doesn't, doesn't vary very much because of the uh, the fact that the higher horsepower machines simply don't get traction any better than a 100 horsepower machine does in most cases. We keep the speeds at lots of corners, um, lots of terrain, so we don't let the speeds get very high. And um, yeah, it worked. It works out really well. There's a lot of we've got a lot of sponsors that jumped on board uh, to support it, and we're really excited about um, about growing that. We're also uh, working with some of the motocross tracks now in Ontario. Um, help them or just not necessarily help them but suggest that they use the same rules that we have because it because it allows people to get involved easily without a big expense without a lot of additional work to their machine and then if the uh, motocross tracks that want to start utv races um use the same basic rules as us now you've got a situation where a guy can justify buying a uh, a sport side by side because they can compete with it um all summer spring summer and fall and then in the wintertime, they can roll into our program and, and run it in the wintertime. So it, it makes for a whole lot, whole lot of fun for these guys. My original, invi- my original vision was, you know, you've got these, you know, a couple hundred teams that, um, a couple hundred families racing at our events. You've got, you know, mom and dad, uh, you know, dad wrenching for the kids. Um, for UTVs, the dads can actually race them, no problem. There's no problem with... Uh, you know, a 50, 60, or 70-year-old guy running these machines, or a 20-year-old kid, or, uh, you know, or an 18-year-old kid. Um, anybody can drive them. And, you know, the guys, the older guys with some, a bit more experience, maybe uh, on a, in a vehicle like that, can, can maybe outrace the younger guys. Or they might get a young girl like we had last year with Alexa Callan. I was going to point that out. I was going to point that out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A young lady win a couple events. Well, she won. She won both classes. Um, even won the turbo class with a non-turbo machine, just because she was smooth and controlled. And she, you know, elected an excellent racer from, uh, you know, she's one of our champion uh, women snowmobile racers. And now she's gotten into the side-by-side program with Kawasaki. She won the Kawasaki um, machine, and uh, she's an excellent little rider. And, and man, she's she's hard to beat. No doubt about it. So um, it was really cool last year. Uh, her dad, Gren, also um, was competing, 
And uh, one race, you had a uh, father and daughter both on the podium up in Lindsay. So that was really uh, spectacular to watch and also to see the whole family getting involved. Uh, so, you know, my thoughts were that, um, you know, the dads could, uh, could wrench for the kids on the sleds and the kids could turn around and, and wrench for dad when he jumps on the UTV. Makes for, yeah, uh, makes that's, for a, that's a success when you get the family up there. Yeah, for sure. So no, so that yeah, that program is uh, it, it went great right off the get go, and I expect it to be um, even better this year. Yeah, perfect, awesome. Um, what 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 kind of uh, what kind of prizes do you offer uh, for the UTV program? Any much of a well, last year we did a few. Uh, last year we did a few events. Uh, we call them a top down shootout. We, we did that with sleds versus snow bikes, and we also did it with the UTVs. Um, where the guys would just keep it going uh, two, uh, two races at a time and you know, kept on eliminating them until, until we had a champion. And there's a $5,000 purse for all those winners. I think we had three of these events for the um, snow bike versus sleds, and we had three also for the UTVs that we paid $5,000 for the winners of each of those, so we paid thirty grand. So it was great prize money for, the, for these guys. This year we're not doing that because we're not going to have the extra revenue to, um, to make that happen, unfortunately with uh, what's going on with, you know, no spectators, that type of thing. But um, we're still going to be doing the events and we're working on some nice prizes for, um, for the guys for, for this year. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, let's talk about the sleds now. Um, what have you got for uh, any, any new um, additions to uh, the snowmobile racing this year? Um, classes, any new classes, rule changes, anything like that? No, no. No, uh, no new classes. We've got our classes kind of sorted out real nice right now, starting, starting with the kids, you know, in the 120s, as young as four years of age. Um, so the 120 class is well established. We've got, you know, all kinds of riders in, those, in the 120 class, maybe 60 to 60 kids or more. And then we go to the Novice 200 class with the, with the new uh, Snow Scooch, Yamaha, and the ZR200 from, from Articat. Um, Fabulous little machines for the for the kids of the next level to, to step onto, and we keep all these uh, classes stocked so that um, they're inexpensive. And um, you know the little 200s are quite fast as they are, so no need to be doing anything to them anyhow. Uh, but that's that's great racing for the kids to get them involved in the in the program. And then once once they're involved in that, then they then they move on to the transition classes where they're using a one year old um, full on race sled that's been detuned and throttle blocked. Um, you know that that provided provided a great program. We we created that program a few years back. Started with Mike Cloet, Cloetti, and then we got all the manufacturers involved. Changed the rules a little bit at ISR so that these kids could run a, a full blown limited build race sled, but it had to be a year old and it had to be limited with art by RPM and throttle blocks. And what that did is it allowed our racers to be able to sell their one year old. Um, race sleds to the kids for, for a cheap price and the kids can use them for a few years and then turn around and sell them for the same money basically so economically it was great for um, for our pros to be able to be able to get rid of their sleds and then for the kids to be able to buy a, a good quality uh, performance sled for um, not very much money so that really helped out all of um, our, our pro and pro light classes and um, also helped out the all kids classes because um, we had all kinds of sleds that, that these guys could use so that was a real, a real success, and, and those classes continue to grow. And then from there, we go into the sport, trail sport, and, and um, you know, pro late and pro classes. And those classes are all solid right now with, uh, with CSRA. We've got some fabulous young riders right now. Like going into the season, uh, we really do not know uh, who's going to win, obviously, but there's so much talent out there right now with these young kids. 
and our pro light and, and pro classes that the racing is going to be um, phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who's going to be uh, taking, you know, taking the wins and uh, at every weekend basically in, in, at these races and those classes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Ken. Uh, something else uh, that all the race uh, organizations uh, they really require, and uh, and it's a necessity to have good quality staff. Um, talk about your, your your staff. A lot of them been there since uh, since day one, also. Yeah, absolutely, Gord. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, from my side, that's the most important part of our whole operation is our is our staff. Um, you know, you've been involved for a long time with us as well, but um, our staff is mainly. A lot of family and 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 friends have been with us uh, doing this for, you know, 25, almost 30 years now. So, can't say enough about <clears throat> about the staff that we've had over the years. It's the staff come and go because you know they basically have other jobs and other things that they do. But our staff has always been top notch. We've got, um, as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've worked with all the other race circuits. We have bar none the best medical um, team working with us which is so important to keep all, all of our, our staff and our racers safe. Um, in addition to that, you know, the, the key guys that help us run the events, the starting line of the tech and, and, the, and the finish line with Johnny Adams and, and you know, uh, brother-in-law Mike on the, on the starting line. <clears throat> um, we've got, you know, Phil looking after the gate and all these, all these people that have been in with us over the years. But, um, you know, absolutely top-notch staff that we have. Um, we don't really use very many volunteers with our with our staff because um, it's just hard to get um, volunteers that are willing to put in the hours that that my staff puts in. You know, when they start at six in the morning, they're there until sometimes midnight, tearing down at the end of Sunday. And then during the races, you want to have those guys that are paying attention and, and can react quick with a yellow flag or, or get, not scared to jump on the course and, and help out if they need to and help get, get a sled off. You know, kid such a sled over whatever the case may be and then the, the other staff you know they can back that guy up if he has to do that which keeps everybody safe and so our staff is top-notch I, I couldn't ask for for better people one of the best announcers in the business too best announcer with dave bell and his wife works with us in in the scoring systems with uh with lisa and um you know our tech staff with bob hawk there's a guy with you know 50 years experience and Snowmobile racing, top-notch guy, Brock Norris. He's got tons of tons of years of racing uh, ovals with us, and he's been involved uh, and still is with his kids. Helps us out in, in tech and on the starting line. Um, yeah, tremendous staff. I've got the best staff in the world, and I love them all, and I um, really appreciate uh, the hours and, the, and the, the time they put in. You know, they the racers go out there, and they, they race. They're out there for 10, 15 minutes back into the trailer where it's warm. These, these staff are out there from 6 a.m. They come in for a lunch break at 1 or 2 if, if um, we're lucky enough to have time to, to do that. And otherwise, they're outside there in the cold for um, an entire day. You know, they don't get to go in and, and have a coffee break, with the exception, because I said, maybe at lunch for, for, for 20 minutes. Usually, they don't even have time to eat. So for these guys to, to do that for us, and um, and at the same time as they're doing that, uh, enjoying it because they're passionate about the sport, I couldn't ask for anything better. So my staff's the best, no doubt. Yeah, you got a nice uh, you got a nice uh, first aid uh, crew that travels to all the races uh, too, which is uh, almost like ad- adopted by all the top race organizations. They all have a dedicated uh, uh, safety <laughs> me- uh, medical crew, and uh, you also have one. Yeah, Rob Kennedy and his and his crew are fabulous. And the nice thing about having the same medical crew. 
everywhere you go, they travel with the circuit, is that they get to know the racers. They know the they know what the racers are wearing. Some of the racers are wearing the tech vests. Well, they're all wearing tech vests, but some of them are also wearing neck braces, the different helmets, um, all this all this gear that keeps keeps our racers safe. And if there is an incident, um, the medical crew has to know how to how to work around these these devices to keep them keep them keep them safe, get the helmet off properly, blah blah blah, you know, all that, all that stuff. Really important. And um, when the when the racers get to know Rob the way they do, because he's been there for years. They have no problem going up to him and ask him, ask him a question. If they're not feeling well or if something feels a little bit weird, um, and he'll, you know, he's fabulous at, at diagnosing the situation and and um, let them know what they should or shouldn't do. So, so, so important to have uh, a world class medical team uh, as part of the CSRA program. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so you're not going to have any spectators, but um, how about uh, live streaming? Um, are, are you set up for for live streaming this year that the people can, uh, the, the aunts and uncles and fans uh, can all uh, watch uh, watch their uh, the kids and families racing? We've got a couple of things in the works right now for that that we're working with. We've uh, just signed on with Rev TV, so Rev TV is going to be on site uh, doing all the national events. Um, they're hoping to be able to um, broadcast live. However, that, that's a, a little bit more complicated, but they are trying to do that. Um, so I, I can't give you a definite answer on what, what they're, what is going to happen with that yet, but, um, you know, they're, they're working on it and then for sure they're going to be shooting the events for, um, follow up afterwards. So everybody will get to know what's going on with that, with the, with the race circuit. In addition, prior to the season starting, they're going to be uh, broadcasting our, um, our shows from, that were broadcast on TSN for the last uh, year or so. So that's going to start up very soon. Um, just to give, uh, so all the highlights and the racing that went on last year, and I think even the year before that. So that's going to be great to get some more exposure for, um, uh, you know, for our racers. And then um, we're going to ramp up our social media. Obviously, we haven't had a lot leading into the season because there's so many ongoing changes right now that we want to kind of get locked in and ready to go. We're going to really start ramping stuff up over the next few weeks now. But um, we're going to um, do a lot more social media um, from the event sites and following the events to let everybody know what is going on with, uh, with the races who won what um, in all the classes. So uh, that's going to be the best we can do to get the information out to, um, to everybody. And, our, and our, our races are all young, obviously. So they're all very social media, social media savvy. So they will do their own programming and getting information out of, of uh, from the races as well. So between the network of, of racers and crew members and, and rev TV and our own social media, there's going to be a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of outgoing uh, messages on and video clips and and photos of what went on at the races for our fans, and we're really looking forward. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the end of the season, we can have fans again and hopefully wrap up the the season, um, you know, at Horseshoe Resort, and have invite all our wonderful fans in to um to watch the uh, national finals. That'd be so good. So that's what we're hoping for. Nice, perfect, great. Yeah, if you follow if you follow motocross. Uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, media. Uh, we're doing uh, live Twitter updates and stuff like that, which worked really good. So, uh, um, yeah, there's there's definitely uh, an ability for people to be informed um, at the races. If if you're not if they're not present, they can just follow their Twitter feeds or and stuff like that and see who's winning. It's basically uh, live, almost live streaming on Twitter kind of thing too. So it's uh, it works. So great. Yeah. Okay. The best we can do this year. Everybody yeah. understands the, the, you know, the restrictions that everybody's under this year. The fact that 
the fact that with our industry, the power sports industry and the recreation industry, like the RVs, the boats, bicycles, uh, motocross bikes, dirt bikes, the dealers are all having record sales. Everybody wants to self-recreate right now um, and get out and enjoy the uh, great outdoors here in Canada, you know. So it's been great that our industry has had record sales um, for because so many other businesses, as you know, are, are going the other direction where they're, they're failing and they're losing businesses and stuff. So we are extremely lucky. We have to look at the bright side sometimes of, of when stuff like this is going on and I always try to do that. I look at the positive side of whatever whatever happens, and um, that that is the positive side of our you know power sports right now. It's the fact that our dealers are all doing doing great. Um, there's lots of new people on machines um, for the first time, so it's going to be great for um, you know the OFSC and the and the trail programs, uh, selling more passes and getting people out and enjoying our um, enjoying the sports um, for you know motorcycling and snowmobiling and UTVs, ATVs, all that stuff. Um, so I'm excited for our industry in, in that sense, and we're looking forward to, um, to trying to accommodate as many of the guys that want to do the high-performance stuff um, through, our, through our circuits in the, in the wintertime, and then the, uh, the motocross boys can take out, you know, take over for the, the summer months when I want to be out on my boat. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, something we we uh, we didn't address um, earlier is um, a lot of the racers are going to notice. Uh, uh, Rockstar is not uh, with you this year um, as your main uh, sponsor. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, you know, we've had Rockstar for 12 years. They were a fabulous sponsor. They really helped us out, you know, bringing our, bringing our uh, events to some uh, new sites and, and helped us out with some infrastructure products for our, for our events. Brought in some big teams, you know, with the OTSFF program a few years back and and they've supported a lot of our a lot of our athletes with helmet programs over the years. They may still be doing that with a couple of them, but uh, basically what has happened is uh, Pepsi um, Co. Uh, bought bought Rockstar off the owner of previous owner of Rockstar, um, and for this year they're pulling out of everything basically um, in Canada. I think that with the, the transition that's taking place from from Rockstar Inc. to Pepsi, and also the situation that's going on right now with um, public health. They just felt that for this year they're going to kind of um, get out and um, uh, keep an eye on things, most likely, and um, and kind of reboot for when they want to restart everything up under uh, under their program. You know, Rock, uh, Pepsi has all all their own marketing stuff going on and sales guys as part of the big monster that um, that Pepsi is. So, um, you know, they they basically just going to check everything out and possibly get back back the ball down the road a little bit. They'll see what works for them and what doesn't. But um, we appreciate what they did do for us over the 12 years that they were involved with CSRA. So for this year, um, you know, they're moving on. And, um, and uh, you know, same with the motocross program. I think that's, that's done with Rockstar as well. So we just have to be, uh, you know, you have to look for additional additional support from other, other, um, other sponsors, keep the door open, and... Um, yeah, yeah, I make some adjustments, but um, uh, certainly no hard feelings, and and we'll be approaching them down the road um, to see if they want to uh, re-engage. Uh, you know, maybe when things lighten up again, um, and we can have fans. They really, really like being on site and doing sampling programs um, with the fans and and integrating, you know, with the, with the fans, so to speak. And they simply can't do that right now, so it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be involved right now. Yeah. If they were, we couldn't. We still couldn't do half the promotions they want us to do. Obviously, because we're not going to have the fans in Canada. You, you, want, you don't want people uh, grouping together in any way, shape, or form. 
Um, so the, the sponsorship just didn't didn't work um, for what's going on right now with uh, with, the, with the world and and and, uh, and our circuit. Yeah. Okay. So on on that note, let's talk about uh, what you got going on this year for uh, for racer prizes and. Um, um, you've you've uh, offered uh, vehicles, uh, trucks in the the past uh, well ma- many years. Let, let's uh, let's talk about that program. Yeah, I, I like to always, you know, try to have some kind of a major um, prize for our pro racers. Um, and sometimes sponsors will come along and say, "Hey, I want to support the kids' programming, or I want to support the pro light class, or I want to support the sport class." And usually, some sometimes sponsors are involved with a racer that's in that particular class, but. Um, I really focus on the pro class um, because that's where everybody's putting a big effort in for, for, for money and, and um, big teams and, and top riders. So we've been working, as you know, for many years with, with Grant Callen through North Motorsports. <clears throat> and this year we're working um, with him again, and he's um, working with some new dealerships. He, wor- he works with a number of dealerships, but the primary uh, dealer that we're working with this year with him is, is Tom Smith. Chevrolet uh, GMC out of Midland, Ontario. And they're going to provide us with a brand new uh, 2021 Duramax diesel four-door midnight special 2500. Beautiful truck. So that's going to be uh, the truck that's going to be awarded to our pro champion at the end of the season. And um, yeah, so that rider will get to have that that vehicle for uh, the duration of his championship for a one-year period. You know, Jake Weir has been a champion of that. Uh, he's won two trucks now, uh, two years back to back. So if he if he's doing it again this year, he'll have a a third truck. So it's a it's a great it's a great prize package for the guy that wins it, and for us it makes a great promotion for um, for CSRA to be able to announce a prize like that. And then for the dealerships that are involved supporting it, um, they benefit from you know they also offer all of our dealers. So um, like Tom Smith will provide a discounted rate more so than what other GM dealers are going to do for any power sports race, or that's a member of um, CSRA, a member of the triple crown series or a member of the OFSC trail system. If you're a snowmobiler or a power sports person, you can um, chat with Glenn Cowan at, uh, at Tom Smith. They'll give you a special deal on a truck. Um, if you want a, a, a you know, a hauler for your race equipment. Um, and he's got a cool program where he can flip the motor every six months. Um, and then the trucks can move down to the and sold in Michigan um, or into the U.S. And a lot of the other racers are on that program right now where they can get into a new vehicle every six months. So it's a really cool program. You've got a, a brand new high-end truck that is super reliable. It's got new tires, new brakes, new everything under warranty. doesn't get any better than that. So um, we've been doing this for a number of years with, with Grant. He's a fabulous guy. He's got, he's got you know, two, two kids racing. He's got a solid race team going on with Articap and, and Kawasaki UTVs uh, with Alexa. So they're at all the events. Easy to um, inter- get introduced to these guys. And, and if you're interested in a new truck, they can um, certainly look after you. And then by doing that, you're also supporting um, the sponsors that support our circuit, which we encourage um, our racers to do all the time. So it's not just for the racers. Uh, OFC, OFSC <laughs> members can uh, get involved in that. And uh, they will look and, after and- anybody in power sports. That's what they yeah, specialize nice. in. They specialize in providing trucks to the power sports industry, the people that are involved. So if you're a member of an organized power sports um, circuit or the OFSC um, or the Triple Crown Series, um, you know, motocross or, or the Snowcross Series, yeah, they will uh, they will help you out. 
They're, yeah. they're awesome. So, um, and, and it's great for GM trucks. You know, you and I both worked for General Motors for, for many years. So we love the company. They've been great to us. I like to support the product. Um, they've got the best trucks, hands down, right now on the market. Um, so we love, um, you know, once you get people into those trucks, they're they're very interested in, in getting, you know, getting buying one or leasing one, whatever they want to do. And right now with this program, it makes it real easy and and financially, it's um, you can't beat it. So it's a, it's a great program. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, perfect, awesome. So people can yeah, they can look up. Uh, that dealership and, uh, and talk to Gren. Um, yeah, to okay. Tom Smith, uh, Chevrolet or, or true North motorsport, you know, just go to okay. the websites and you can get connected. And they're also on social media too. Yep. So, okay. Sure. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, your, your other sponsors, uh, that have uh, been longtime uh, supporters of, uh, the CSRA. Uh, some of them you've had uh, since day one, like Deco. Um, let's talk about, uh, all your other sponsors. Yeah, so we've got we've got some fabulous sponsors. You know, it's hard to name them all, but um, we've got some key sponsors that have been with us from pretty much day one. You know, uh, Scott Boy Traction Products and Woody Traction Products and, and, and all these aftermarket, you know, sponsors that have, have been helping us out and uh, making the making the circuit happen. So we, we really appreciate everything these guys do for us. Um, as far as um, major sponsors for the circuit that actually let us have the have the you know make let the circuit happen. Put, put the larger dollars in and, and support. You know, we've got um, Deco's been there from day one with us. Deco Drive Belt. They've got the best uh, belt on the product uh, on the on the market right now. All the racers uh, love using their products. So, um, you know, Deco for sure is is, is top notch for their for their with their circuit. Um, we also have FXR uh, Race Division, Race FXR Apparel. FXR is, as you know, everywhere you look right now, FXR is there. Whether it's motocross. Whether it's uh, snowboarding, um, snowmobiling, it's everything is FXR. They are the brand right now, as far as uh, as far as um, cool apparel goes. Um, they help us out. They uh, make all our staff look great. The the, uh, the products that they provide us with are, are warm, and, and they've got basically everything everything you could ever ever possibly want, with amazing looking uh, apparel and helmets and boots and everything else. So. We love our, our FXR stuff. Our, our guys are so excited to get their new stuff every year. Um, and uh, we really appreciate everything FXR does for us as well. Then we've got uh, Sunoco, Sunoco Race Fuels. Sunoco is a fabulous sponsor um, out of the U.S. But um, all our guys, uh, the pros, all the manufacturers that are creating the limited build race sleds, uh, design the sled to run on Sunoco Surge um, Race Fuel. It's an on-ethanol fuel, so it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt anything in the, in the sleds where like a regular pump gas does with ethanol in it where it screws up your seals and, uh, you know, it just uh, gas deteriorates. With the Sunoco race fuel being a pure non-ethanol fuel, um, it, you know, it doesn't go bad. It can be in your machine for, for a year or two as long as it's not getting sunlight on it. So the fuel itself and it, um, it'll last forever. It's good. And the, uh, the benefits of the, of the performance, high performance fuel and high compression engines is, is, um, is phenomenal. So absolutely great sponsor for us. They are the official uh, race fuel of, of CSRA and ISOC. So all of the top snowmobile racers, um, whether you're a hill climber or snowcraft oval guys, most of them are using Sunoco Surge um, race fuel. And here in Canada, you know, it's available at a, a few dealers and it's also available at Royal Distributing. Um, 
for anybody that wants it. A lot of the top trail riders, believe it, run it quite expensive for trail riding, but some of the guys, um, they want that top-notch fuel, and that's what they all use. Uh, then we got um, MBRP. We've been involved with MBRP for quite a while as well. Uh, they designed some uh, really cool aftermarket silencers and exhaust systems for for um, for the trucks, and also the aftermarket silencers for the uh, Pro and Pro Lite uh, race sleds. So they're a lot lighter, uh, 10 to 15 pounds lighter than a stock system, and usually a couple horsepower more, two or three horsepower more than a, than the stock system. So a lot of benefit there for our racers going to a lighter a lighter pipe a lighter silencer with a bit more horsepower. And um, they've been a great sponsor for us as well with um, the UTV program, as well as, um, you know, providing um, providing our uh, uh, systems for our trucks. So thanks so much to MBRP. Um, on Snow Magazine, Richard Kehoe and his, and his group, um, you know, they've had a tough year this year with the uh, snowmobile shows going, uh, not going to allow it to happen. But they've still got a great um, setup of, uh, of magazines and um, and TV shows going on, and they've been supporting us. They they do our race program every year for our annual CSRA yearbook, so we appreciate everything that um, On Snow uh, Magazine does for us and Richard Kehoe and, and his group. Um, got to mention Royal Distributing, uh, John and his um, and his uh, family at the Royal Distributing. Um, these guys have been supporting our snowcross, all our junior riders. They gave out you know, tens of thousands of dollars of gift cards to all our, to all our uh, racers over the, over the years. Um, I can't say enough about this, this uh, sponsor either, Gord. They're, they're, they're fabulous. They've been sponsoring me from when I used to compete myself. Or, so they've been involved with us for, you know, since day one. Yeah. So we're always going to be number one. They're one of those sponsors that, that actually put, put a lot back into, um, into the motorsports. Um, you know, trail riding, the OFSC, um, CSRA, they actually support the sports that, that the customers are buying their products from. So um, we really encourage our, uh, you know, our, our fans and our racers to support the sponsors that support your sport. Um, so we've got some great dealers that are involved, uh, World Distributing and all these other, these companies that I'm mentioning are, are fabulous um, supporters of um, power sports. So we need to support them back. Um, also new this year, we have Motul uh, oil and lubricants. So Motul is a top-notch uh, lubricant that um, quite a few of our racers have been using for years. Um, and this year, they jumped on board with CSRA to be our official uh, lubricant sponsor. So we're really excited about um, hooking up with um, the, with Motul for our for our uh, race circuit. They've got some great um, um, people working there. The product is fabulous. And um, yeah, looking forward to um, you know working with with, with Motul this year. So it's going to be exciting for us. And then um, as far as uh, one additional you know major sponsor, I would like to just mention uh, once again True North Motorsports and and Tom Smith Chevrolet GMC. Just because of the the value of of the uh, you know the that grand prize they give us every year. This is going on for years now. Um, is is extensive, and we really appreciate that cool prize that they uh, they give us to look after our uh, our pro athletes. Yep. So you got all the OEMs on there too. The, oh yeah, all of the OEMs, absolutely. Uh, Polaris, Yamaha, Articat, and Skidoo are all are all huge in supporting our, our circuit. They've been doing it forever. Um, we have Timber Sled also supporting the uh, snow bike part of it, and then with the um, UTV side, we have, you know, the uh, RZR um, program with off-road program with Polaris. 
in the Can-Am uh, program with, uh, with BRP. So um, we thank uh, both those guys for helping us out to get this UTV program up and running. And um, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm blessed to have this, all these sponsors helping me make these events happen because, uh, you know, you've, you've been involved long enough that you know the cost to, to do this. Absolutely impossible to do it without, um, without the support. So yeah. um, as long as these guys are backing us, we can keep, keep things going. Yeah. Do you want to you know, do you so, want to back up? Do you want to back up a little bit and talk about the snow bikes? Uh, we 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 left that out, uh, and that's uh, another like the UTVs. That's another growing uh, discipline uh, on on the race circuit. And there's some very popular drivers. Uh, uh, one one of one of them is Canadian, or a number of them are, are Canadian. Yeah, we've got some great great snow bike racers. Like snow bikes have evolved out of the out of mountain riding. You know, so we've got some great riders like Brock Hoyer, um, Cody Matichuk at the top top racers in the world, um, snow bike racers, the majority of them are Canadians, um, with the exception of Jesse, uh, Jesse Kirchmeyer out in, out in New York. He's been up here um, running snow bikes against our guys up here, and um, he's a fabulous rider as well. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned him riding with KTMs. But um, yeah, Yannick Boucher and Brock Hoyer and Cody Matichak, all, all, uh, all medalists, X Games medalists. These guys are so, so fast. And, uh, yeah, so we, we started the, you know, we kind of introduced the snow bike to the to snow cross a few years back. Um, it's never going to be a huge, huge, uh, numbers of racers of them because the cost of the, by the time you buy the bike and the kit, it's fairly expensive. Um, but there is a market for it and we like to have them at our events, um, because they are very, very fast. The, the manufacturers are, are building the kits now more for snow cross. Um, and terrain racing where before when they, we first started they were basically you know kits that were used in the in mountain riding the deep snow so now that uh, with timber sled building building the uh, 120r kit and the and the fx 120 kit and, and yet he's got some great kits um, all the manufacturers of snow bike kits are making um making their, their packages for uh, snow cross racing now as well as obviously the mountain the mountain market but um, so now these guys are getting really fast on these machines and they're, you know, on, on, on many tracks, the snow bikes are putting in a faster lap time than the, than the pro sleds will. <clears throat> they're only half the horsepower, but they're also half the weight. And um, their cornering speed is, is huge compared to um, the sleds, providing the track is built properly. They need a bit of a berm and they, they need more of a bit of a smoother rolling type terrain. And, and if the track, um, you know, is like that in certain areas, they will go faster than the sled, especially in the corners. Um, sometimes they'll come out of a corner 20, 30 foot ahead of a sled when we run them side by side. So, um, but that is the top riders. There's a, there's a few guys that can ride them like that, but, you know, your, your top notch motocross riders um, can, can, can ride them hard and, and do that once they get used to the, uh, the, uh, the kids. The kids are a bit awkward at first. You first hop on and you go, wow, this is so weird. But um, once the guys start getting used to them, they just get faster and faster and faster every every time you're on the bike. So, so it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool to to watch those guys go. Um, basically, for us, it's very similar to what the UTV program is. We want to have a bit of a uh, variety of activity for our fans. The snow bikes are really cool to watch. The UTV is really cool to watch. But of course, primarily we're there for snowmobile racing. Um, but we'll definitely continue um, with those other power sports products at our events because we, we, we love them. Perfect. 
Okay. Did you get did you, did you get all your sponsors in there? I cut you off there with the snow bikes. Did you get them all in? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't get them all in. But we've got so many, yeah, so no. many um, aftermarket sponsors, and I'll just rattle through them really quick. So we've got like stud bikes for action. We've got um, action frailers that helps us out with our, with our trailers. We've got CNA Pro skis. You know, we've got um, Texas. Texas is providing the best safety safety gear you can get for for trail riding or for racing with their with their famous tech vest and any other products that they that they um they produce you know so um and then all these dealers every market we go to we have all the dealers helping us out and all the dealers up in timmins and and barry and, and and all these guys all these smaller sponsors help us to make things happen um in their areas so it's really important that they they be involved with us and and they they all seem to um, support some of the racers so, between our, our primary exclusive sponsors and our aftermarket groups and the OEM manufacturers, it allows us to um, keep this show rocking. So, um, thank them all for, for their continued support. Yeah, okay. Well, sounds great. Um, your social media, where can people, uh, what, uh, what uh, uh, platforms are you on in social media so people can kind of follow the CSRA? So, primarily, primarily we have our website. You know, snowcross.com, it's S-N-O-W, uh, cross.com. Uh, the U.S. circuit with ISOC is S-N-O with the Snowcross, so we're very similar to C-O-W in there, there here in Canada. Um, in addition to our website, we have um, Instagram that we uh, like to um, promote our, our products on and our, and our events, as well as Facebook. Those are the ones we, we're primarily on from the yeah. CSRA side. Those are the ones we kind of focus on. Um, but anybody that wants to get involved, in racing simply needs to go to our website download uh the information for snow bike racing or utv racing or uh, newsletter number one for the sleds and all the basic information that, that will allow you to get started is there uh, this year um, because of the restrictions that we have um unfortunately we can't have our fans we love our fans we simply cannot um, have them this year the community don't let us if things change by the end of the season, like I said earlier, we'll, we'd love to have the fans show up. And if we, if, if that does change, we'll be the first ones to let everybody know that come on, come and check the event site. Uh, for right now, we have to keep everybody safe, distance, can't have fans. So yeah. um, what we're doing this year is all of our crew members and all of our racers, they have to be CSRA members this year. So uh, at our gates, we're only allowing members into the, into the, um, into the events. So the gates will be very secure. People are going to have to have their ID, hard card, and a lanyard uh, showing that they're uh, a CSRA, a current T21 CSRA member. They're either going to be a racer or a crew member, and then they can come on into the site. And if they don't have that, we can't let them in. Yeah. That's just yeah. part of the protocol that we have with um, with these uh, health units in each market that we go to. Yeah, sounds good. So, yeah, um, that's yeah, it basically wraps it up from, from my side, Gorda. I think thanks very much for uh, having us on. And uh, we look forward to um, to seeing everybody soon and, um, and getting things uh, getting things going here. Yep. Okay. Thanks a lot to Canavan for the, uh, from the CSRA. Um, and, and yes, we are brothers. And so we'll point that out. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot to, uh, to the Ken and uh, CSRA for all the information. And uh, hopefully that, uh, that uh, you know really helps people um, you know understand what is going on this year because it's it's going to be a different year and um, um, say we, uh, we we weren't able to get in touch with the ISOC uh, uh, circuit um, but it, it's going to be similar to uh, the oval and, and cross country circuits and uh, we certainly hope everybody has a 
has a, a great season and please support the sponsors that support these organizations because they're going to need it this year. So yeah, right okay, on, Ken, thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Yep. Okay. Welcome back to the Snowmobile Podcast. This is your host, Gorda Van, and we are talking to Todd Myers, the uh, president of Core Motorsports, and they are the XC, the Cross Country Racing Organization. Um, so, Todd, how are you doing? Uh, not bad. Surviving. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, tough times these days, isn't it? <laughs> you know, with uh, being a race uh, a race promoter. Yep. It's uh, right now. It's everything is kind of pre fluid, and it's. Uh, Pretty much with the new restrictions come up from Minnesota a uh, week and a half ago or whatever, it's a week-by-week week kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, how's your schedule looking so far? Uh, you had to uh, cancel, or did, did you cancel or postpone the Pine Lake race? Uh, we ended up having to work with the promoter, and the decision was to cancel Pine Lake because the next alternate date would be uh, uh, January 9th, 10th. And we don't know what the governor restrictions are going to be for that time. So, right. Yeah. So, okay. So what, what have you got? Uh, well, first, first off, let's, uh, let's go through the history of, of, of core motorsports. Tell us about uh, core motorsports. Uh, um, how many years you've been running and, uh, and uh, kind of the history of, uh, of your uh, organization. Yep. So it's actually core power sports. Uh, I basically uh, have been around racing since, uh, 2000 is I think was my first year racing. And then, uh, we ran under Myers racing for years, had pro snowcross team, dealt with many different things. Uh, after I retired from racing at that time, it's, I worked for a local snowcross circuit, uh, basically did a help with marketing and website and kind of a jack of all trades, do whatever need to be done kind of thing. And, uh, Got involved with cross country by being a sponsor with Pat Mock and USCC. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, two thousand. Uh, I don't even remember. I think it was two thousand ten or eleven. Uh, the snowcross circuit I raced for, I kind of put the bug in the ear of we needed to get into cross country. Uh, did a trial event with that series and. Uh, being a snowcross promoter, he was not a big fan of trying to manage a 15 to 20 mile course. And so it's, yes. uh, the, the following year, it's, uh, we, my wife and I sat down, tried to process through a few things. My kids want to get back into racing, uh, but we wanted to kind of have a different attitude and viewpoint towards our racing. So, uh, we started core power sports, uh, I think that was 2011 and it's uh actually no it would have been 2000 2009 is when we had the idea for it it's and uh uh basically it was a ministry outreach through our church so um we did a little racing worked with uh a promoter did morning prayer at the races and then uh when after that snowcross series didn't want to do cross country anymore we decided to switch from being our own race team to putting on races. Right. And, uh, our first event was, uh, January, 2011 at Mercer Flowage in Mercer, Wisconsin. So, yeah. and it's just slowly developed from there to where it is now. So, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a, look, looking back, it's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us about uh, uh, how, how you go about uh, preparing for a cross-country race. Uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm in Canada, and uh, we haven't got uh, any uh, cross-country races uh, up here, uh, really, to speak. Um, what, are the, uh, what are the procedures for, like, scouting out uh, a cross-country race? Um, how do you, uh, you know, uh, who, who do you talk to throughout the different regions? Because you're, you're covering quite a, quite a distance. Um, and do you, yeah. and do you, do you use like snowmobile trails that you borrow for the day or, uh, how do you go about it? Uh, it depends. Certain States have certain regulations. So, uh, Wisconsin, we can't shut down snowmobile trails to race on public snowmobile trails, but Minnesota, we can pull permits to do it. Uh, Michigan, we can't do close trails either there, but Michigan state land is actually public land. So you can race on public land. So it's, uh, yeah, each state is completely different, and it's a lot of uh, knowing what you can do, where you can do it. Um, typically, the first, we have a local personnel contact us, or we reach out to a chamber in a certain place, uh, discuss if they're interested with it, and then uh, I'll go have a meeting with them, and we start working on uh, first the logistics, if they think they can pull it off. And uh, I usually either... Uh, if it's a woods race, I spend a lot of time on a four wheeler or whatever, scouting things out. And uh, lake races are pretty easy to to figure out what we need to do those because you can just Google map it and figure out how you want to lay out a course. And it's just, uh, yeah, pretty much all of our places we have to have someone that's local just for the knowledge of the uh, the area. Uh, uh, quite a few in Minnesota, we work with snowmobile clubs, and they are a huge. Uh, part of what we're able to do. Uh, NATO Wash helps a ton with their event. Goodridge G- Grigola Clubs come together for the 500, and they basically kind of come up with the whole course of the I-500, which is huge because that's a lot of mileage and uh, working on things there. So it's snowmobile clubs are a huge part of what we do. So yeah, and then uh, yeah, it's it, it's. I've told people if you could see behind the curtain of Oz, you'd be. Uh, kind of shocked <laughs> so, yeah yeah so okay perfect so uh let, let's discuss uh what uh where 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 are you going this year with your with your venues and um and uh, kind of the expectations uh that you got uh, for this coming season yep um our plan was until two weeks ago to run yep. a very similar schedule to what usxc did in the past and uscc did as well uh to kind of keep the heritage of those events and then with core we started the Midwest extreme snowmobile challenge series uh, five years ago that runs on ski hills. And those are actually uh, over two days. We were in cross country hill climb and a hill cross. So we're going to have a traditional cross country that's been run for many years. And then we end the spring um, with the ski hills being part of that circuit. So uh, they would be part of our point series for the cross country. And then we would do hill climb and a hill cross as well. And our hill climb is actually uh, the premier qualifying series for the Jackson Hole World Championship hill climb. So, oh yeah, it's uh, we do a lot with that. But uh, yeah, Pine Lake was supposed to be our opener. It's been an opener for years. Uh, we brought Detroit Lakes back this year. Uh, right now, it's the weekend after New Year's, so we're kind of waiting to see what the next step is by the Minnesota governor for restrictions and how it will affect that date. Uh, then the Heartland. Uh, 200 and uh, Park Rapids 
uh, that one we moved a week back this year to uh, keep the DNR happy because we use a lot of the Paul Bunyan State Forest mm-hmm. for the trails. So we moved it off a holiday weekend, uh, head to Manville, North Dakota, which Snowmobile Club does a lot there. And then uh, the I-500, uh, our plan is to go to ERX in Elk River, Minnesota for kind of a hybrid event there. Uh, again, that one is another one that's a big concern right now just because of Minnesota governor. Uh, Natawash, take a few weeks off, and then we go to... Uh, Big Powderhorn Ski Resort in Bessemer, Michigan, and uh, Giants Ridge Ski Resort the weekend after Easter, and that's where we'll finish our season out. So, wow, you got a good you got a good uh, series, you got a good uh, lot, lot of races. Yeah. Yep, good. I have a worked out to where it's a couple plowed lake races, couple train races, couple long distance train races, uh, and then ski hill. So it's many different types of snowmobile racing. So it. It's not one yeah. racer who's good at ice racing or anything else. It's, somebody has to be good at all uh, different types. So it's, uh, we'll be, it'll be good as long as the state will let us get back racing. Yeah, well, I've seen some of your racers, uh, and, 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 uh, and they are good at, 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 at a, lot of, uh, a lot of different disciplines. <laughs> you got some good racers on your circuit there. So um, yeah. uh, the, uh, the I-500, where are you starting from and where are you finishing? What are the, what are the main towns that you're going to be going through with the I-500? Uh, the I-500 is going to be run like it was last year. Uh, it's basically the Goodridge Grigola Snowball Club helps coordinate it. It starts right there in Goodridge where our base would be out of. Uh, it's two 60-some mile loops, so we'll race 125 miles, and they'll do two laps on it. So it'll be 250 mm-hmm. miles. And then they all have another uh, course set up for the second day. So it'll be t- the same thing, two laps on a 125-mile course for the second day. So it'll be 500 miles total. So, uh, And that's all in the Goodridge, Grigola, Thiefer Falls, that whole area as where the I-500 has been run for many, many years. Uh, it's just logistics and everything else that works out a lot easier to have it based out of one place than try to go point to point. Right. Um, there's, especially with COVID, there's a lot of issues that would happen with trying to do a point to point. So it's, we're, we're trying to keep it simple the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple this year because, uh, you know, it, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> so, um, tell nope. us about the class, tell us about the classes you got, uh, uh, racing at, at your, uh, at your races. Uh, what, uh, what are, what the displacements you've got? What, uh, what abilities have you got? Uh, we have as low as the junior 1013 class. They run restricted sleds for speed. Uh, we have a really good base for that. And then it runs all the way up to the pro open trick mod sleds that guys like Herfindall, Tate, Reverings, these guys take these crazy insane horsepower sleds and make life like really simple. It's, uh, uh, I watch Zach Herfindall ride and, uh, Charlie and Dan Revering, and it's like they don't even look like they're trying. And you watch to yeah. ride the same course, and it's like these guys—it's <laughs> almost inhuman what they can do. So, yeah, uh, pretty much ninety percent of our classes are six hundred cc requirements. Uh, we do have a couple specialty classes that we allow a bigger one, just because we're trying to open it up to people that are fans of racing that want to try it to see if it's something they want to do without having to go purchase a 600. So that is open up to the 850 CCs. Uh, and it, like I said, that is just, it's a non-racer kind of come out, try it, see what you think. 
uh, we're pretty protective on how how we let them run and stuff like that. It's a really unsafe environment for them. And nine times out of ten, the guy comes off the course and he quickly realizes he's not as fast as he thought he was. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, that, that's one thing. Bench racing, it's uh, being on the side looking at it. You think that you can go do it, and as soon as you get in that scenario, it's like wow, it's so much different. And then uh, yeah. one thing that we changed for this year is uh, with core, we've always had what we called vintage two. It's ninety eight to or it's two thousand four and older sleds. Uh, it's kind of more of a, not quite full vintage. Uh, we call right. it classic now with the new circuit, uh, 2004 and older up to 800 CC. Uh, so it's basically a lot of like the old RXLs and, uh, these guys go up and buy sleds for $750 off Craigslist, put a couple hundred bucks into them to go out and race them. And if something happens and it breaks, they don't really feel so bad as trashing a $14,000 sled. So it's, yeah. uh, yeah. That are that one's pretty popular, and it uh, we keep the entry fee pretty as low as we can on that one to keep it basically a really fun class. Yeah, do you allow the uh, X race sleds, uh, the limited sleds, because uh, you know the the, uh, the racers like to uh, get rid of their uh, their old revs and, uh, and and stuff like that, and it's kind of that time frame. Do, do you allow the yep. the X race sleds? Oh, you do. Okay, that's good then. That's a good deal for uh, uh, for your regular racer in, then to buy one yeah, of those in certain. In certain classes, the snowcross sleds are allowed. Uh, we have the factory class, which is basically your XCRs, uh, your ZRs, and that's the XRS from Skidoo, uh, the fuel-injected 600s, production-built. Uh, right now, with all the snowcross sleds being fuel-injected as well, people are wondering if they can run those. And Unfortunately, they don't make enough of those units to qualify for a factory build because it's not available to the general public. Right. So, but we have a class in sport and semi-pro and pro where they can race those. So we do have an option for them. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, what, uh, okay. Uh, 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 your, your main, your main uh, venue this year, uh, uh, which, uh, event is really the, uh, the, uh, the, pr- the premier event of your, of your season. Uh, the 500, 500s always the one Still the like, biggest yeah. race we do. It's been around for, uh, I believe it's since sixties, early sixties. So we're closing in on, uh, almost 60 years of it. So it's right. uh, a lot of history with it. A lot of people, that's the one they want to shoot for. Uh, park rapids is a close one behind that because it's, uh, that one as well. It's been around for a lot of years and there's a lot of excitement about it. So, but yeah, the 500 is kind of where, Everybody wants to hang their hat on that one. Yeah, for sure. That's the the, the one everybody wants to brag about, uh, winning or even finishing. To that, to that yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I've raced it a couple times and uh, yeah, had fun doing it and went into it knowing I was going to have knee surgery. And about a week <laughs> after I had the event, I had had my knee surgery and I haven't raced since. So yeah, I do. I do remember you too, Todd. You were you raced the Blairs. Uh, uh, the old XCRs, the, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I remember you racing snowcross, uh, snowcross. Yep. I was yeah. players 2001 through 2005. My race team ran Arctic cat support in, uh, 2006. And then when I got back in the race, when my kids wanted to race in 2009, I raced for skidoo. Yeah. And then I was, uh, in 2012, I kind of, and I was running the circuit. I'm like, well, this is what I've always wanted. So it's, 
I worked out a support deal with Yamaha and I raced for Yamaha for the 2012-13 season. And then I found out I had a dislocated vertebrae, so it wasn't the best idea to still be racing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, pretty brain impartial. I like everybody. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, On 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 that note, then let's uh, let's talk about your sponsors. Uh, Who have you got uh, sponsoring your events this year, and uh, and 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 give them some love. Oh, that's that's a pretty big list. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's uh, even with the. uh, the pandemic, we still have a great group of uh, people that are supporting us and uh, helping us keep this thing going. Uh, On Snow Magazine is still a big supporter of us. They help us out with our uh, our annual yearbook and getting exposure uh, for the circuit and their publication. Uh, Fox Shock Fox Shocks is still going to be our kind of premier. This word, our premier. Uh, Shock sponsor said on snow magazine is our big uh, media partner. They do our annual yearbook and help with a lot of the promotional through our, through publication and your magazine and on our website. Uh, Fox shocks is going to be our official shock sponsor. They're going to be uh, a big part of our events. I think they're going to come try to do some trackside support and uh, then Carver performance has been a sponsor of the circuit uh, with core even for, quite a few years uh mike the owner there comes out with his trailer and tries to help out a lot of racers uh, stubway traction has been a, a sponsor of core and even before that i've worked with stud boy for probably close to 20 years so it's a very long-term relationship with stud boy and we're very grateful for them to continue their support fly racing is on board uh bikeman performance woody's cna pro is on board uh, I used to be the race director at CNA, so it's, we have a good relationship with that company. Uh, Skidoo will be on board again this year. Uh, Polaris is going to be one of our, our primary sponsors. Uh, FXR is our official clothing sponsor of the circuit, and they have a really good contingency program for the racers. Nelson International Truck Leasing is a, a continued as a sponsor. Uh, let see, we got Caliber Products. Uh, they provide the uh, uh, ski guides and stuff like that to protect our trailers and make sure that our equipment stays really nice. Articat has signed on for another year's support. Uh, we're very grateful for their support, and uh, they support a lot of the racers. Yamaha Generators has stepped up to make sure that uh, all of our trailers have nice, clean energy out of their uh, Yamaha EF6300 uh, inverters. Baller Parts and Service is a new uh, new one for this year. They're a, kind of a smaller parts distributor. It's a friend of mine who has recently purchased that, and uh, he has come on board to support the circuit. He helps a lot with our promotional ad bins and uh, doing a new finish line arch for us this year and that, so we can have a lot more uh, professional-looking appearance at the events. Northern Show Water is a supporter. Rock Speed Effects. Uh, Rocks has been part of my program for over 20 years. Knew the old owner, uh, Rocky, really well. So it's one of those things that we definitely always try to keep them involved. <clears throat> Power Mad Racing is a sponsor this year. Uh, Bite Harder, had a, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, sharpener, yeah. The sharpener, yeah. The hard sharpener, yeah. 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 So we, we do a lot of facts that uh, their product is super simple for our racers, for lake races with that, to be able to keep their products nice and sharp. 
So it's we usually have a handful of things that we can provide to the racers and stuff like that. It's those guys are a great group up there. Uh, One Three Nine Designs uh, does our uh, graphics for our snowmobiles. It's he's working on our stuff right now, so all the course marshal sleds will look really well and represent our sponsors. And then yeah, we have a couple more that we're working on still that uh, uh, we just I mean one o'clock in the morning last night we were still I was emailing them back and forth. So yeah, it's, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of interest right now in cross country racing because. Uh, our numbers are up this year. There's a lot of people interested in it. It's we have more members than we did uh, than USXC had last year, and more members than what Core had. And so there's uh, with COVID and everything that's going on, a lot of people just want to get back out racing and having fun. And uh, yeah, we just need to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody just wants to you know get 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 their minds out of uh, this pandemic and get out and have some fun and races and have some nice safe races and uh, and enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, not much else to do right now. So yeah. we always yeah. want to go play. Yeah. Okay, Todd, uh, really appreciate uh, you, you talking with us and uh, giving us uh, an update on uh, on uh, what CORE has got uh, coming up th- this uh, this year. And uh, I wish you luck and uh, have, a, have a great uh, safe season. And, uh, you know, try not to uh, get too upset if things go sideways this year um because uh you know it's it's gonna it's definitely gonna be a tough one uh um with the pandemic and the restrictions and stuff like that but uh keep trying because we really need the uh the promoters to uh to hang in there because uh it's it's gonna be tough and uh we want the, we want the racers to uh, all support you guys yep it's uh been pretty positive it's uh especially with the announcement that went out today a lot of messages from racers texts facebook messages just being supportive. Uh, I personally called all three race directors that support riders on our circuit yesterday and let them know personally. And it's the feedback I got from them is all the manufacturers are definitely behind us wanting to make sure that we uh, keep a positive attitude. And they're they're telling their racers to be supportive. They know what things are going to be pretty fluid and change. And it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the things we all have to roll roll with it. I know the one big thing that's on our, our mind is our Canadian racers. We got a, a handful of guys up there. I mean, one of our top pros here in Christensen lives in Canada, and we're trying to work with them to figure out how can he even get down here for our races this year. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that uh, are still out of all of our control, and we're just trying to work with what we can control. It uh, yeah. can't really stress the things that we can't control and that basically all of us need to lean on each other yep for sure absolutely so all right todd myers president of uh of core uh i wish you luck this year and have a great uh safe season and uh yeah in, in, enjoy yourself so 